0: good afternoon and welcome to wehc 90.7 to the show she walks with sharon bowers and carly blalick and we're so glad that you tuned in to us today and we hope that there'll be something that will be said that will pique your interest and you'll give us a call or an email a shout out and let us know that you're, you're hearing what we're saying and you're either thinking it's great or thinking it's not so great. But either way, we'd love to have some conversation and, and some dialogue because our goal is to be a voice for women on the Emory & Henry campus and beyond and to help women walk to their freedom. Carly, it's good to see you today. Good to see you too. So I think today we're excited to talk a little bit about, we're just processing. We had that great big Women's History Month and then we processed about it and we had great people. And and so we're just coming off of that. And so today we just wanted to talk a little bit about Our upcoming Women's Center, Women, Gender, and Justice System here on Emory and Henry's campus, and and we just kind of wanted to talk a little bit, and that's why it's important if we hear from you. But we wanted to talk a little bit about why have a Women's Center on our campus. I mean, we've been here what 100 and is it 86 years that Emory and Henry's been going in some form or another, whether it was all male or whether it was um, all white male or whether it was including white women or whether it was including all people we've still been here a very long time and throughout all of that we've never developed a women's center and so we're excited here at emory and henry during this phase to be able to offer a women gender and justice center at emory and henry's campus and myself and some other people have the awesome opportunity as collaborators to make this happen so carly's part of our collective here our women's collective also and so we're just going to talk a little bit about why have a women's center? Carly, have you ever thought about why have one?
1: Yeah, absolutely. First of all, there's been a ton of research uh, done around why women's centers are important, um, the things that they offer to campus, and all of the different things that that you can do with a women's center. And, you know, I think it's, it's just so important to have a place. And I love that you know, ours is gonna be women and gender justice because as we know, gender is a very complex issue and it's really important that all marginalized genders have a space that is safe for them and that advocates for them. But a few of the things that women's centers have, like traditionally and historically done, is um, making sure that students have access to feminist literature, making sure that that you know they are educated on what feminism is um, and how it operates. There's also a lot of women's centers who help faculty with their pedagogy and their curriculums to make sure that. They are including feminist perspectives and, you know, operating through a feminist lens, which is great. And another thing that women centers do, and I really hope ours will do this, is they are forward-facing, they're community-facing. So it's not just for the women who are on campus, but also for the surrounding community, which I think would be a really great thing to, for ours to do as well.
0: Yeah, some of the things that, in our proposal for the Women, uh, Gender, and Justice Center, some of the things that we put in there or that we've talked about is, according to Emory & Henry's strategic plan, uh, that was the 2020 through 2023. And we're almost at 23. But anyway, one of the priorities that they had was to, uh, that we had was to work on diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. And so uh, resourcing that and programming it and doing it toward anti-racism and social justice and belonging and inclusion and all of those kinds of things. So a logical step for us here at the college would be this women's center, this one that would, really look at justice and equity issues regarding sexuality there's just so many things that as you said if we're forward-facing there are so many things that we're going to be looking at you know our center is is proposed to serve all students on campus female students male gender nonconforming, transgender uh, but of course it's going to be that safe place for mm-hmm. women and that's women students faculty and staff to to kind of just to learn and to come alongside and to see all of what we can be when we come together, and when we look at the kinds of things, because traditionally, as you said, historically, as well as historically, women have been marginalized and they've been mm-hmm. pushed to the periphery. And, and so what has happened is our spaces have been, I'll just say it like this, this is a Sharon Bowersism, so don't hold Emory & Henry to this, but our spaces as women have been compromised. They've been compromised. And because they've been compromised, then we don't have the same opportunity or the opportunity as others to really flourish. So one of the things that the Women's Center is going to be is a space and a place for women to flourish. Right. And,
1: you know, yes, the educational side is important. The programming side is important. The advocacy is very important, but also a place for community and celebration, you know, um, making it a very fun, welcoming, encouraging place for women. And, you know, we've looked at some of our neighbors, some of the colleges and universities that are around us who happen to have women's centers. One of them, Appalachian State University, on their women's center page, they say that it is uh, also a lactation space, which I think is really powerful oh, yeah. and something that a lot of colleges and universities don't really consider or don't have. Maybe is a space for people to go and you know do pump. their lactation pump. stuff and pump and <laughs> pump. Yeah, and if they have their child with them to feed, you know that's yeah. Of so a pump and know, a feeding station. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so um, and you know ideally we would advocate for women to be able to do that in their office space but until we can get there having a, a space for them to do that in the women's center is amazing
0: yeah and I think it's really important we're we're at the stage where we're trying to find a place to be and I, I think you know somebody might say well you could be a virtual women's center and you could and and we've been doing that fairly well over the last year and a half. But at, there's a place and a space that is needed to occupy, like you just said, a lactation center. I mean, there are places and spaces that we need, maybe a place uh, for non-conforming gender specific people to come and to just exhale because, yes. you know, you spend all your time trying to tr- fit into some normative what you know, heteronormative perspective. And you just need a place that says, hey, I can be who I be. You know, I don't have to worry about is somebody going to not honor my pronouns or, you know, any of those kinds of things because you're always out there in a world that doesn't necessarily see you, a world that sees the binary and only the binary. So I think, you know, our Women's Center is going to foster community, as you said, that's really critical. I mean, we wanna be student focused, but our students live in a community. And so we want that to be a place for equity, a place for empowerment, uh, so that you know everybody can can figure out who they are and, and quote unquote, who they be. So hopefully um, that's one of the things we've been doing. We've been working, at, the other thing that's pretty exciting, and I, I don't know how far it's gonna go, but we've been working using a collaborative model and a collaborative leadership model. And collaborative leadership takes time. It's just not the standard hierarchical, I'm over you and you're below me and somebody else is below somebody else and somebody else. Instead, we bring all of our gifts and all of our graces to the table at the same time and we just take ownership of specific things and the job still gets done. And so um, we're excited about that. That's, that's one of our ways that we've been leading. And um, we hope that we can continue to lead in, in that manner, because one of the things that we think it does is that it helps to create these intentional spaces so that people, leadership, as well as others can work individually, but also work collectively with their experiences and their their identities. and we talk all the time about intersectionality. We've done this on our show. We've talked over and over and over. We've even during Women's History Month, we had an expert on intersectionality. Dr. Jennifer Nash was with us. I mean, we we really do talk about this because I think that's one of the, the, the foci for the Women's Center is to help to see that there are confluences that affect women that do not affect others.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that we talked about during Women's History Month, because our shows were focused on women in leadership, was, you know, we have a very rigid idea of what, not just what a leader is, but also what leadership look like, right? That there's one person at the top, there's a few people supporting that person, there's more people under that person supporting them. And there are other ways to lead. There are other leadership models, there are other ways for people to, you know, to get things done. And, not only that, but I think the collective model, it, it allows everyone to avoid getting burned out because the the whole of it is not resting on one person's shoulders. Um, it allows the workload to be spread out. It allows people, to, like you said, to come with their lived experiences, their perspectives, their intersecting identities and make sure like, hey, we might want to think about this because this language isn't exactly inclusive or whatever the case may be. And I just think that it's worked out really well um, so far. So hopefully, like you said, hopefully we'll be able to continue that.
0: Yeah. And, and, and I think that that's, that's a good point, Carly, because, I mean, our job, really what we want to do is to create that perfect space, if you will, that perfect space for, for women to study, to relax, to grow. We want it to be in a diverse environment, you know, creating discussion sites and workshops and just places to explore as you said the lived experience of being a woman and being a woman in the 21st century looks so different than it would have looked in the past and and so i don't know if that's one of the reasons why we're it took us a little while to get here um we're here so and we're not going anywhere we're here it might have taken us a little while to get there but but we're here And uh, as you said, most of our regional partners do have women's centers and they are places and spaces where all kinds of things are happening and just creating that supportive campus environment for students, faculty and staff, women and nonconforming gender specific people. So we're, we're excited about that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think,
1: too advocating for women's research like you know when our students come to us and say i want to do research about this specific topic you know we can really help them and they'll have a place where they can go and access maybe some of the things that they need in order to do that research having you know people there to mentor them mentorship we also talked about during women's history month as being such a crucial part of supporting um, women and people of marginalized genders across the board having mentors is so, so important. And I think this space could really be a place for for that, to house that mentorship program.
0: Yeah, and I think there's some things that we're gonna have to kind of refute. And one of them generally, when we talk about a women's center, generally some people think that this is this half-baked, ultra-feminist plot to take over. <laughs> you know, I mean, that there's always that, You know, and and there's always that, you know, defining what is a feminist or who is a feminist or who can be a feminist and what do feminists do? And being a feminist has had a really a bad rap, in my opinion, over the years, because the mainstream people, quote unquote, have seen it as subversive. They've not seen it as a, you know, a, a tool of equity, but more about a subversive plot to take over. And so when women come together, There's also fear factor, the fear that comes that women are going to do something, that there's going to be protests. Now, I will say this, the 4 prong factor that I'm purporting, and and we've not necessarily accepted it yet, but we're talking about it. But I'm talking about, for the Women's Center, part of the vision that I would see is that, Carly, it would be these four opportunities. There would be opportunity for agitation, and I mean political agitation. Mm -hmm. There would be an opportunity for agency. You know, I mean, really to to make it known that you're part of the crowd, there would be advocacy. You know, we need to advocate for one another and for women in general, and then ultimately activism so that policy and procedures and uh, our social world can be changed. So when we start talking about this, the kinds of activities that will go on at Emory & Henry, most of those activities will fall under agitation, political agitation, agency, advocacy or activism. Right. And
1: historically, that's what women's centers have done, right? Um, They have been places of advocacy. They have taken issues that are often overlooked to the administration and said, hey, this is some stuff that we need. And then also the community facing side, right? Holding community members accountable, holding our local politicians accountable, things like that. That's all part of being a women's center. That's why there is a women's center. So, I do agree that I think there is some fear around that. And there's also some debate over what a feminist is, who's the true feminists, what feminism is as a concept or a construct. And that's why we need a women's center is to have a space to have those conversations in a way that is affirming and helpful and builds each other up and not something that is like, well, we can't do this because, you know, this is not feminism, right? And I think it's important to have a space to have those conversations because people do have different interpretations of what feminism is and the ultimate goal of, you know, what equity even looks like, right? So, yeah, I think that's, both of those are incredibly important.
0: And and I don't think, and I think sometimes, you know, it works the other way too. When you establish a women's center, then some people believe then that's going to solve every problem that's on your campus or in the community for women. And it's not because it's not going to solve every problem that's facing women on our campus or in the community. But I mean, by itself, a women's center won't stop sexual assaults. We've talked about that, but it it won't necessarily be a, a, a women's club, you know, the club of all clubs and, and, and all those things, but it will be more than a token effort to, Find inclusive spaces for women on our campus, yeah. and and I think whenever you, we talk about belonging from a diversity, equity, and and inclusion perspective. Recently, we were in a credo training, and and they thought they were giving us some that something they thought they were telling us that we want to add belonging to that. And I wasn't trying to be rude, but I just had to say, Carly and I used to work in another department <laughs> here. We worked specifically in DEI formerly, and we had already talked about adding belonging to diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging. So when they tried to tell us that they had something, I just had to say, no, we've been trying to do that for some time because we understand that belonging is critical to social justice. And that's one of the things that's happened over and over again is that when you've been made to feel the outsider or when people treat you as an outsider, they can do anything to you. And that's how marginalization occurs. So belonging is critical. So this women's center that we're purporting is meant meant to help students and faculty and staff and community members find each other and find the resources that is needed so that whatever objectives that they might have can be met, you know, whatever, whatever we wanna do, however we wanna do it. And, and I think there'll be some specific populations that we'll, we'll need to look at. I mean, one on our campus, not because I'm a black female, but black females on our campus, in, the, in my vernacular, feel like they're treated some type of way you know, and uh, so I think we'll have to, you know, look at that. I think we'll have to look at our underrepresented gender population and, you know, specifically have some programs that meet those needs. And we don't know what those needs are, especially if we're part of a heteronormative community, we have no idea what those needs are. So we have to find the spaces and the places to bring them together, to talk about how we could best move forward and how to make the campus ideally A better place for women. And that's not to say that it's a bad place for women. We're just gonna try to figure out how to make it a better place for women. Absolutely. And you're exactly right. We still, you know, there's a lot of research to be
1: done. There's a lot of populations that we need to, you know, work with, look at to figure out what those needs are and how we can meet those needs. And that's part of what a women's center will do. It will help to assess those needs and make sure we're meeting those needs. And if we're not, what can we do to advocate for that? And that's part of why women's center is so important, because otherwise, you know, who is looking at these populations? Do they just fly under the radar and people don't really pay attention to what their needs are? And that's why, yeah, that's
0: why women's center is so important. And I think it's important overall because as you said, Carly, you know, it can serve as a retention tool, you know, as yes. well as an accountability tool. So there's the combination of retention and accountability. That the Women's Center will also use as a thread that is woven in there, because one of the things that we want to do is we want to retain women on our campus and in our faculty and in the community as leaders and we want to develop those leaders in the in the retention process. Absolutely. And you're exactly right. It is a retention tool. And it's really
1: important. They talk about one of the main things that retains students is connection with faculty and staff and feeling that there are faculty and staff who genuinely care about them, who are there for them, who support them. And the more connections that students have on campus, the, the more likely they are to stay. And I think having a center like this, a place where women go and, they, and, and gender non-conforming people will go, Feel connected, feel plugged in, are with people who care about them, or with people who are advocating for them, that is going to make them feel so much better about being
0: being here. Yeah, I think it's important for us to try to improve the quality of life and the quality of work matters for for women and uh, non conforming gender people on our campus. And and I think that goes back to I mean spaces too. We'll be able to advocate and to promote spaces that are. Our facilities, you know, all gender. I mean, I think we've started on this path before, but we just didn't sustain it, or we just didn't keep it. I, I think there's maybe, I, I think on campus, I think I've seen a couple of places that had all gender spaces, but I don't think there's that many. Have you seen very many, Carly? I haven't. I think they, like you said, they started, but there's
1: still a lot of restrooms that are not, you know, all gender restrooms. And the other thing too is that there was an effort to put menstrual products in restrooms and a lot of those are like completely empty have just been used and not refilled so again that's another where place where the women's center can step up and not only include those menstrual products in women's restrooms but in the men as well
0: when we were in the the inclusion and dialogue center we had a, we had a all gender bathroom mm-hmm. however we only had one bathroom <laughs> so yeah. you know I mean is it is it or is it or was it all gender because we only had one or is it because we understood the ideology and that it needed to be and and you know I mean that's not up for debate I'm just just making that as an aside but you know I think that if we can figure out a way to create a culture of common cause you know like to to let it be looking at our educational program, looking at our supportive services, all of those things, looking at ways that that together we want to make it a safer place for people who are facing intersectional forms of oppression to, to, to be welcomed and to to help us all to get a deeper sense of social justice. What does that really look like? What are the values? How do we create a path, if you will, for meaningful change so that we're just not saying words? But we're we're having action, thought and deed. All of that is going together so that, you know, we, we can see that. And there there are all kinds of ways. I mean, one of the things that we can do to do that, Carly, is just to open to deepen our connection with women. You know, mm-hmm. how, how do we go about doing that? Sometimes that's scary. If you see a group of women hanging out, sometimes it's like, wow, what is going on there? It, it, it happens sometimes, like if there's a, only a couple of people, black people in a situation and they sit beside one another, you know, it's kind of like, why are all the blacks sitting together at, in the lunchroom, <laughs> you know, uh, from that, from that yeah. book, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of that kind of thing. And so sometimes it works that way for women, but we have to have spaces and places where women feel comfortable and can start to, you know, deepen their connection. Yeah, that's kind of what the collective does for me here on campus.
1: Absolutely, I agree. And I think it's going to be about how we frame the space and doing a lot of especially at first you know a lot of welcoming in yes this is a space to have some of those difficult conversations but we don't have to dive head first right into that you know we can we can let the space breathe for a little bit and really make it feel very welcoming and very supportive and i think that goes back to to that collective model right we are a collective working together for a common goal And everyone's opinion is valued and their perspective is valued. And, you know, we agree on a great many things, but we also disagree on stuff as well. And that's okay. And having a space to have those conversations and in a respectful way, I think, is very important.
0: Yeah. Recently, I think you were there, Carly, and it was a wonderful thing during study week. We just mm-hmm. commandeered a place on campus. Uh, it, it's actually a place that we've been. We want to be there, but we understand that some things have to happen in order for us to be there. The people who are there have to have somewhere else to go. Then that place needs to be ready for them, and so it's a budget issue. And we get mm-hmm. that. But we were able to share the commuters lounge with the commuters. We were able to to share that during study week. And I don't know if you recall or what you felt about it, but I'll just talk about my process with it, and then maybe you can as well. But I was really excited to be in, in a space with women. And every woman was doing something different. I mean, we had some food rather. Yeah, food yeah. always draws. We had some food and coffee and, you know, danishes, pastries, those kinds of things. But there were some women who were there just to be there. There were some students who were there who were working on their last papers. There were students, uh, faculty there who were grading. I mean uh there were people I was there working on my dissertation <laughs> yeah. you know I mean there was just all kinds of people who were there. And so that was a wonderful experience. And to me, that that's a prototype. That's what I imagine a women's center, especially the drop-in part of it would be is that there'd always be some grab a bite to eat, talk to somebody. Some of us talked to each other. Some of us didn't say anything at all. You know, you had men and women, students coming in and faculty stopping by. And so it was just a buzz of people interacting and connecting, but there was no mass Let's plan. Let's organize. Let's do this. Yeah. So that's how it was for me. What about you in that experience? I think you were there.
1: Yes, I was, and absolutely, I agree. It was really nice because, like you said, it was drop in, work on something for an hour. If you need to hit the road, that's fine too. You know, um, there were students there. There were um, women, men, and you know, it was just a really nice kind of you know space. And I think that is going to be what helps that piece of like making it not maybe feel so scary is it's just drop in it's you know they grab a cup of coffee chat for a second um it also gives students an opportunity to have some face-to-face time with faculty and staff in a very low pressure environment which i think is really important so yeah it was an excellent experience and i would love if that's the way the women's center feels every time you go in there it's going to be a very popular place on campus.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, right now, there are three people who are working feverishly from the uh, collective model that we had originally, along with the provost and the dean of arts and science and and a couple of other invitees. We're working to kind of uh, make this a part, not just from the DEI perspective, but to make it a genuine part of the next strategic plan. So that it is standalone and so that it is really we have bought into having a women's center. So we're in the process of of working on that and doing that. And we're just really excited because what we don't want to happen is we don't want any student and especially a woman student on our campus, faculty, community or uh, staff to feel like they've been deprived of any opportunities for a positive, affirming experience mm-hmm. while they're at Emory & Henry. Yes, absolutely. So if we can do anything like that, you know, to share ideas and strategies and resources and just better equip women to uh, move to the next level in their lives because, and that's the other thing, that's a really good thing about a women's center is everybody's at a different space and it's okay. Yeah. You know, you don't have to worry about being homogenous. It's like, it's okay to be where you are and to be who you are and to learn and to grow and to share with others in the process. So they used to have a saying that said, when the, the teacher is ready to learn, then they'll teach. And I, and I don't remember who said that, but, but I think it's important you know, for us in, at the Women's Center to go about the business of the Women's Center so that our students, our faculty, our staff, and the community members can benefit.
1: Absolutely, I love that, yeah.
0: Well, I guess we're probably almost out of time today and uh, we we probably need to stop, but uh, we, we're excited about a women's center on Emory & Henry's campus. And we look forward to talking with each of you uh, about, you know, what are the ways, what are the strategies that we can do to make this an inviting space that is not trivialized, but that is really a place for birthing, a place for, a foundational place where, women can come and grow.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And we'd love to hear from you all what you would like to see programming or initiatives that the Women's Center can support. We are super excited for the rest of the month. We are going to be talking about health justice, obviously from an intersectional feminist lens, but talking a little bit about the way that COVID has impacted women, of course, everything that's going on with um, women's reproductive rights and a few other things this month. So if you have any questions or any topic ideas that you would like to share with us, on the subject of health justice, please feel free to do that as well. But it was wonderful getting to, um, to spend time with you all today, and we will see you again next week. Take care. Bye. We